Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to the Aesthetic Insider Radio Show. This is your host, Angela O'Mara. Today we have a guest with us, um, Jerem Hillary from Legally Mine, which is an asset protection firm based in Orem, Utah. Um, one of the most interesting things that I think has come into the aesthetic arena in recent years is the need for physicians to protect themselves. A lot of what we've been learning has been about HIPAA law protection from various providers. Um, but this conversation today that we're going to have with Jerome is how safe is your home from patient lawsuits? Jerome, welcome to Aesthetic Insider. It's an honor to have you on the show. And it's a pleasure to be here. Well, you know, Jerome, um, for our listeners, you know, who may not be familiar with Legally Mine, um, could you briefly summarize what Legally Mine does and your role within the company? Sure thing. Uh, we provide customized business plans that uh, focus on helping medical providers, dental providers. Uh, you know, we, we get a lot of different professionals who are essentially really good at their profession, but not necessarily the best at protecting themselves from lawsuits. And so we get them set up with a plan, um, and it's kind of a three-fold plan. Uh, the, the goal is to get their assets protected, uh, to also get them to, to finally take care of estate planning because I think everyone knows that they need something in place, right? But it's it's one of those things that nobody ever actually wants to take care of. Uh, so we take care of that as well. And then we also uh, do some tax planning uh, just to try and take care of, of you know, those taxes, uh, you know, through any legal and appropriate ways that we, we can get you discounts and, and benefits. We, we try to do that for you. Now, you are the lead attorney for Legally Mine, and so can you kind of just explain to our listeners, you know, what your responsibilities at the company are and how, you know, our listeners benefit from, from what it is that you do? Sure thing. I, I think it's a really interesting position, especially in the, the context of the legal world. You know, I don't I don't have to worry about billable hours because our, our clients, you know, once they're signed up with us, then there's no I'm, there's no worry that I'm going to be dinging them every 10 or 15 minutes for another hundred dollars or something, right? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So I spend a lot of my time meeting with clients, uh, which I'm sure anybody who uh, who's actually dealt with attorneys before, either from a lawsuit or even maybe even just family members that they don't like, um, <laughs> you know, that, that billable hour is always kind of on the back of the mind. Uh, but I spend a lot of time meeting with uh, physicians and, and surgeons and, and uh, dentists and explaining somewhat complex legal principles, but in a way that's easy for them to digest. Uh, you know, they're, they're, like I said before, they're great at what they do, but they're not necessarily well-versed in the, in the world of asset protection. And so a lot of it is, is breaking it down uh, so that they understand what it is that they're going to be doing through us and uh, that they can make some informed decisions on, on how they want to proceed with things. We also spend, or I personally spend a lot of time uh, directing research here at Legally Mine. You know, every state is a little bit different, and we, we really want to make sure that we're providing a uniform and a valuable service in, in any of the 50 states. And we've even had one client in Guam, I believe, but uh, that, that one doesn't come up too much. Okay, that's interesting, yeah, and I would... You know, the thing I hear when I speak to attorneys, it's always like, oh, well, California has the worst <laughs> of everything. Yeah, you know, as far California as wants to be its uh, I grew up in California, so it's it's near and dear to my heart, but California certainly wants to be its, its special little snowflake in a lot of ways. And, and um, in law school, you know, 
when you're learning about different cases, whenever there's a new type of lawsuit that's being invented, um, it's usually California that uh, that's on the forefront of inventing new ways to sue people. Yeah, yeah. So I guess we are trendsetters in in every statement of the phrase. <laughs> yeah, good but, you place know, to be. You know, one thing you know that obviously you know I I I find is is in the physicians that, that I do work with is oftentimes they because you know their um, practice is set up as a California corporation or a you know a business corporation or LLC that just you know as in well hey I'm incorporated so therefore mm-hmm. personally I'm protected and yeah. that isn't necessarily true is it? No, it's it's not. In fact, uh, California again is on the forefront of these these states that find it really easy to look past the the on the books protections, so to speak. I mean, we all we've all heard of LLCs, right? And the name literally means a limited liability company. They were set up in order to protect, like you said, separate. Hey, here's my business liability, and here's my personal liability. Uh, but California again was one of the first to say, well, you know, if there's only one or two owners, then really the business and the personal assets are, are pretty much the same thing. So, you know, a lot of people, like you said, they, they walk away feeling that they've set up something that's protecting themselves, when in reality the application of the law um, is, is somewhat contrary to that. So now, you know, in the case of a physician or an anesthetic surgeon, which is what many of our listeners are, when a doctor protects their business assets, such as a medical practice, do they normally include protection of personal assets at the same time? Most people don't, and that's that's kind of where we've hit our specialty. We're looking at total protection, not just from um, you know your you're protecting your personal life assets from your business liabilities, and the other way around as well. You know, um, we really do see it go both ways. Well, you know, we have you know I think many of our, our listeners. Um, may understand, you know, like, you know, if something happens at the practice, you know, in terms of an accident, an injury, you know, um, they expect that, you know, to be covered with in, in some way and be protected somehow. What if a physician, um, you know, has a patient or a visitor in their home? Um, are they more liable than a regular person to be sued? Or, you know, what would you, what is your take on that? Uh, that's a really interesting question because it's one of those things where, uh, you know, on the books, no, they're not technically more liable, but the practice of it, you know, as soon as somebody is, finds out that they've been hurt at, at somebody's house and that person is a doctor, uh, you know, we have this perception in the United States that the doctors are all are all millionaires and they're just, you know, uh, sitting on these these giant piles of cash, right? Um, and we actually had a client who signed up with us not that long ago. Uh, it was actually about two months ago, and he was... Uh, a plastic surgeon uh, in Southern California, earning you know a, a decent wage, um, and uh, he had a house, and uh, he was a single single gentleman, and uh, he was out actually on a double double date that night, and uh, you know they were playing things safe. They had a designated driver. They visited a couple of uh, bars, and you know they were having a good time. Him and his friend and their and their dates. And so they decided they're going to go back to his house just to kind of chat and talk. And, um, you know, everyone's still a little bit tipsy at this point. And um, what happened is uh, our our client, he's actually a, a fairly tall and slender gentleman. And, and so uh, his friend's date, uh, 
who's also tall and slender, said, uh, you know, I bet I can pick you up. And he kind of thought that was nonsense. And, you know, there's no <laughs> way this <laughs> this uh, this lady's going to try and pick me up. And and so, um, you know, he's just kind of sitting there thinking, like, no way, this is gonna, this is just no way. And so, lo and behold, you know, she comes over and uh, tries to pick him up, and and she does uh, for about two seconds, and she. She tries to take a step, and, uh, you know, they had been out that night, so she's wearing high heels, trips, falls, and drops him, um, and then drops him on her own legs, and she ends up breaking her leg. Uh, oh, my and goodness. So this, this all, yeah. <laughs> and this all happened years ago, and so, uh, you know, he, he offered to, to help uh, you know, cover medical expenses, not because he was in any way responsible, right? I mean, she picked him up, and she dropped him, uh, but he still kind of felt bad about things, and and so she kept blowing it off, saying, "Oh no, don't worry about it. Everything's healed up just fine." Well, about two and a half years later, right before the statute of limitations is going to run up, run up, um, he gets this notice saying uh, that he's being sued, and uh, the damages that she's requesting are in excess of seven million dollars uh, oh for for this yeah this trip and fall, which you know she picked him up, dropped him. And uh, now it's suddenly his fault because it happened in his home. And his homeowner's insurance was only going to cover, you know, $500,000 of that. And so he was understandably pretty pretty panicked when he got that notification. Um, how common is it for, you know, physicians to be kind of hit with suits? You know, not obviously like this one. I mean, not, you know, I'm I'm tall and slender and wouldn't dream of trying to pick somebody up. <laughs> As big, yeah, I mean, yeah. as big as me, no matter how much I'd had to drink. But um, yeah. you know, how common is this this type of situation? It's, I think, a lot more common than than people really realize. I think, as physicians, uh, a lot of our clients typically assume uh, that their liability is coming from their practice, and that that is a fair assumption. I mean, especially in the field of surgery, eighty three percent of surgeons have been su- have been sued by the time they retire. That's, mm-hmm. I mean, that's huge. Right. That is huge. Um, but what was that? What was yeah. that again? Eighty-three percent. Eighty-three percent of surgeons have been yeah. sued by the time they yep. leave their medical practice, and that's a personal 83%. lawsuit we're talking about. That isn't necessarily a malpractice, so, or does yeah, that is that malpractice? Uh, that kind of okay. Yeah. And uh, so again, the, the assumption is that's where liability is going to come from. But I've I've talked to not just surgeons, but um, dentists who uh, invest in real estate and, and something happens on one of their properties and uh, they get sued because of that. Or um, another another person who was, uh, it was kind of the flip of that, they were a real estate investor and uh, they were driving around town and got, in, got into a car accident. And um, again, you have to remember that lawsuits are almost always about the money. And so as soon as yes. they find out that you're a physician or a real estate investor or, or some sort of position which, which they assume is going to have lots of money to throw away, um, th- I mean, it's it's really easy for them to decide, hey, you know, here's some easy money for the taking. Let's let's go after it. Now, in the case of the lady who picked up the doctor, did that actually go to a trial lawsuit, or we, you know, was that what what ultimately happened in that case? So that one is is still uh, up in the air, but I mean, he could be on the hook for the full seven million dollars. Okay. You know, it's, again, it's in California, um, and and California juries are, are sympathetic, uh, and so it's it's definitely a concern for him. Um, and we were fortunately we were able to recommend a couple of uh, local attorneys down in California who do uh, defense 
you know, his primary concern was where the insurance only covers five hundred thousand dollars. Even if they end up yeah. settling it for one million dollars, the insurance company they've they've paid their five hundred thousand and they don't really care what it settles for above and beyond that. So he didn't want he didn't want an attorney that was just going to represent the insurance company's interest. So we were able to at least help him in that regard. But it's one of those things where if, if he had met with us, you know, a year ago and uh, gotten signed up and, and gotten things moved around and protected, then uh, you know he just wouldn't be in that situation because uh, the way we set people up, it, it helps to protect them uh, in a way where it makes it very, very difficult, if not impossible, to actually get to the money above and beyond an insurance settlement. I mean, that is obviously the type of, you know, financial, you know, award, if that patient were to be awarded, you know, $7 million for that for that incident, that would obviously cripple a physician and the, everything that they own. Um, you know, now if that physician, you know, you mentioned had he come to you a year previous and had his assets structured by legally mine, you know, um, that probably would have never actually become a, a lawsuit because I, I'm imagining that for the physician, for the attorney who is representing, you know, the lady who who had the accident, um, mm-hmm. he would see that there was no way to get money out of that physician outside of the five hundred thousand dollars insurance. Is that correct? Yeah, and again, especially, yeah, exactly, uh, and especially with with lawsuits. Again, the the key thing to remember: they're always about the money, um, especially when people are suing physicians, um, and and so. The way we structure people, again, there's there's a lot of complicated rules that come into play, but basically it allows our physicians to still access their own money, um, so that they can you know still actually spend it, um, and uh, and and tuck it away for future generations or or go on great vacations, whatever it is that they want to do with it. Uh, but by the when, nobody can actually force them to distribute that money out, uh, and that's that's really the key. Uh, is, is making sure that you know nobody can can kind of twist your arm behind your back and make you distribute money when you're not willing to do so yourself. So yes, uh, in short, if if he had been able to sign up with us before that, and that was kind of his wake up call, you know, um, he he realized that he wasn't as well. He he thought, hey, I've got this big umbrella policy, I've got my homeowner's insurance, I'm set, right? Um, and and so. A lot of I think people think that same thing, and they don't realize that that, that seven million dollar lawsuit could be, you know, one date night away, so to speak. And uh, yeah, so getting structured with legally mind, protecting your assets in in a smart and uh, effective way is going to help you. Like I said, still access the money, but make sure that you're not going to lose everything, like you said. Like they could. Let me ask you a question because you know you mentioned that um, this lady came back two and a half years later before the statute of limitations had expired. Um, had he struck to say, you know, had this physician come to you, set himself up with legally mine, restructured all of his assets in the way that you recommend to protect him, um, even though this incident happened prior to him setting up his assets through Legally Mine, um, would she be able to backdate in any way to the date of the injury, or is it the date the lawsuit is filed? In his particular case, probably not. Um, she probably would not have been able to do a reach-back period because, again, he had no 
reasonable expectation that this lawsuit was coming. He had offered to pay for medical bills, and she had turned it down and said her insurance was covering everything. Uh, and so he had he had very safely been living his life for that two-year period, two and a half years, thinking this has been resolved, right? And he's not anticipating any immediate danger. Where people get into trouble is where, uh, you know, after the notice of the lawsuit, they start to try and hide everything. Uh, the, the courts don't like that one bit, and they, they can go back and undo things. So it it really is a matter of timing. You it's you want to take care of these types of things before they become an issue. And that's not necessarily after an event has happened, but it's after you get served or after you, you're aware, hey, this person's really angry and they're going to sue me. Hmm. Well, it's fascinating. So for any of our listeners out there, if somebody had an injury at your home in recent years, yeah. you may need to be... <laughs> Make sure you've got everything in order just in case that ghost from the past comes back to haunt you. I mean, exactly. That's an unbelievable story. Yeah. You know, now... Yeah. Um, go ahead. No, 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 you go ahead. I was just going to say, um, we, we've we had other people where, uh, you know, they they it was in their office, they had somebody going out and picking up lunch for everybody, and... Uh, you know, they get into a car accident while they're out of the office getting lunch, and that's what generates the lawsuit. And so, again, it's just one of those things where you never – you could do everything perfectly medically and still have liability just by living your life. Yeah. Yeah, and that that is uh, – you know, you just – it is a bit of a minefield out there, isn't it, for these physicians? Because it, it seems like, you know, you can't always do right for doing wrong because something, you know, can come back and bite you. Yep. Well, That's exactly you know, Jerem, one of the one of the, the uh, um, things I would like to kind of delve into a little bit now, if you will, is you know, in addition mm-hmm. to asset protection, um, you are also an expert with estate planning. Um, can you tell me a bit yeah. more about that and why it's important to an aesthetic surgeon? Yes, uh, that's uh, actually initially the reason I, I was drawn to Legally Mind, because even as far back as law school, I always liked this idea of, of protecting what you've built up and being able to, to effectively pass that on to the next generation. And I find, especially with physicians, uh, again, they've they've made a decent salary at the very least. Um, some of them are, are doing quite well for themselves. And um, a lot of them, they it's... I think of it as kind of like going to the dentist and flossing, right? Everybody knows that that's something that you should do, but nobody actually wants to do it, right? Uh, And so (laughs) it really is the case. And uh, so, you know, we'll we'll meet with clients, and, uh, you know, they've, they've got some sort of a plan that they've set up back in the 80s, and it was probably cutting edge when it was set up back in the 80s. But, uh, you know, the laws have changed quite a bit in terms of estate planning and uh, asset protection and everything. And so it's just not effective for what they, they have now. Um, the other probably most common scenario is that our clients come to us and they don't have any sort of documents at all. And, you know, to be fair, even in California, right, they try and have the default rules for what happens to your property when you pass away. They try and have that make some kind of sense. You know, if you pass away and you're married, it goes to your spouse. If you pass away and you have children, um, you know, it, then it goes to the children. Uh, and it, things get a little bit more dicey if you pass away and there's nobody left behind. Uh, that's an obvious candidate to receive that money. But even in those cases where it makes sense, for your spouse to receive it or make sense for your children to receive it. It never hurts to have some additional control over that process, right? Uh, I know, for example, if, if something had happened to my parents when I was 
15, 16 years old, I wasn't an especially crazy child. Uh, you know, I wasn't sneaking out in, in the middle of the night, crashing cars or doing anything like that. But even then, uh, at, at 15 or 16 years old, uh, I I would not have spent that money wisely, right? By the time I had finished law school and, and was looking to buy a house and everything like that, I doubt there would have been a dime of that money left. And so it's just a matter of, you know, even if you wanted to go to those people, having a sensible plan in place, making sure that there are, are fail-safes on board. You know, we have clients who have children with addictions, and they w- they want to make sure that the money is not just going to go feed that addiction, whether it's gambling or alcohol or drugs. Uh, and we have clients with children who are just plain bad with money, and they want to make sure that the, the money is doled out over several years to make sure there's not one big lump sum that, that's really tempting to go blow on something big. Uh, and even even for clients with sensible, reasonable adult children, uh, you know, you never really know what's going to happen. <laughs> Money does strange yeah. things to people uh, after after parents pass away. I remember one client, this was about four years ago, I was talking to them, and they had a, a family. Uh, their parents had also, or the father had also been docked, uh, had also been a doctor, and the, several of the children were in the medical fields as well. And so everyone was relatively well to do. Nobody especially needed the money from the parents' estate. Uh, everyone got along fine while the parents were alive. But as soon as the parents passed away, everyone began fighting about who got what and how much of it. And you know, dad promised me the car. No, dad promised me the car. Well, mom said I could have the car. Uh, and and before they knew it. It had been over a decade, and they were still fighting about where everything was going to go. And it had gone through the court system and gone up on appeal and, and back down. And, and so, again, it, it really can just be a huge mess um, if you don't have any sort of plan. Even, like I said, even if you want those defaults, it goes to my wife, it goes to my kids, it goes to my husband, it goes to my kids, or it goes to my parents, or it goes to my siblings, or it goes to take care of my pet horse, or whatever it is, Right. Um, if you don't have a clear-cut plan in place, uh, it can it can cause a big mess in a big hurry. You know, I absolutely agree with you because I think money does strange things to people, and especially for what appears to be free money, um, especially uh, yeah. <laughs> if, if people don't know, you know, the the size of the estate. Um, you know, and and even as you're saying, you know, like you know, perhaps some people do have an estate plan where it does designate where that money goes or who it goes to, um, you know, but then you've kind of taken it that one step further into really kind of understanding the consequences after your demise as to yeah. what what could happen even if you say, well, you know, my 35-year-old son is going to get that money, but if it's a large sum of money, do you really want to give it to them all all in one go? Or do you exactly. specify over a period of time at, at that point, um, I think that's that's quite a clever way of thinking about things. Yeah, and and again, uh, a lot of people, you know, once once we get them started on on the asset protection and the estate planning, then they'll then they'll finally, again, they know they should do it, and then they're happy to actually get something in place uh, instead of having all of those questions unanswered. You know, now, as you mentioned, you know, Legally Mine, you know, works in all 50 states. You have, you know, physician clients all across the country, and even one, I think you mentioned, in Guam. Um, You know, but laws (laughs) change from state to state, and we've talked about, you know, California seems to be a leader in setting new laws um, Mm -hmm. that do end up, you know, being kind of interpreted, you know, similarly in 
from state to state and federal and state yeah. laws may even differ from each other. So how does the legally mind legal team make sure that they have all the I's dotted and T's crossed when, you know, for example, you're working with a client with assets in New York or Chicago? That's that's a great question. And the first thing we have going for us is experience. You know, Legally Mind has been around for a number of years. And, uh, you know, it, it's one of those things where the owner, he worked for, for the company in, one of, in kind of its original form um, when they were doing these seminars and selling uh, documents to people, like actual physical binders filled with, with documents to help people get set up. And... Uh, so you know, it's one of those things where we've just we've been doing it so long that we have a good basis of information. And in terms of keeping on top of of relevant research, like you said, laws change every year. They might be big changes, they might be little changes. We have our team of attorneys and uh, paralegals and law clerks here who help to maintain the research and make sure that we're trying to stay ahead of the curve on some of those things. And, and fortunately, sometimes that means that uh, we are staying ahead of the curve. Uh, you know, we're able to see these trends before they become nationwide problems, and we're able to get our clients set up in a way uh, that protects them from a problem that might not even come up for another 10 years on a nationwide level, right? Um, or it might be uh, a simple change in a rule in terms of how law is operating in, in North Carolina. And, uh, you know, we're able to see kind of the rules and the guidelines and the ramifications for, for what we need to do in those individual states. So it's just a, a lot of research, uh, a lot of time, and uh, some good experience. You know, no, you've given some really kind of great anecdotal stories of, you know, various um, things that have happened and, you know, some that see, you know, they're not going to happen to everybody. Um, you know, are there any kind of common things that you see that kind of happen to physicians and, and ways in which they are sued that, you know, is, you know, like here's a common thing that you really should watch out for or are they all just completely individual? Um, I mean, the biggest one is, is obviously going to be liability from the practice uh, because a patient walks away, whether or not it's true, they walk away feeling like there was a misdiagnosis, right? Um, and, and so then they'll, they'll get upset and, uh, and then sue. Uh, that's, that's probably the biggest one that we still see. Uh, probably, honestly, the next biggest one, because we, I mean, it seems like a lot of our physicians invest in real estate, which is understandable. Um, and the next biggest one is almost always about real estate. <laughs> yeah, I'd probably say that those are the two biggest areas. Yeah, and so, I mean, it really, you know, again, I think for, for, for many you know, many of us in business, period, I mean, like, you you know, you said, it's like, you know, you think, well, well I'm incorporated, therefore, you know, there's no, I'm not going to lose my home, you know, I'm not going to lose my investments, you know, in real estate, you know, the countries, you know, whatever the case might be. Um, what would be the first step for a, you know, physician listener, you know, to to do to kind of learn more about legally mine or to, you know, to just do something to fully protect themselves beyond the medical, you know, uh, HIPAA yeah. things that we talk about. <laughs> of course. I think one of the biggest ones is is uh, check your local association meetings. Again, we go to association meetings across the U.S. We might be coming to one near, uh, near one of your listeners. Um, the other one is, uh, I mean, they can contact us directly. Go on to our website, legallymindusa.com. 
Um, or you can even call in and say, hey, I, I heard the radio program or I saw an ad or I went to a seminar a couple of years back and the program reminded me um, and I, I'd like to learn a little bit more. And we can get you set up with uh, kind of your own little mini seminar over the phone and, and uh, you, know, you have to have some minor computer know-how in order to log on to the website and things like that. But, you know, we can we can get you that same information um, over the phone even. And you can give us a call at 855-361-2686. That's great. Well, you know, uh, Jerome, we have about a minute and a half left on the show here. So do you feel that there's anything that we haven't covered that is really vital for our listeners to kind of understand a little bit more about Legally Mine? Um, again, I think the the biggest thing to remember is it, it's all about the timing, and uh, it's one of those things where it's kind of like a safety net, right? You have a safety net below the tightrope, and you hope you hope to high heaven that you never actually need it, right? Uh, but it, it's better to have it and then not need it rather than you you make that fall, uh, you know, somebody sues, and then you don't have that safety net there for you. It's too late to build the safety net after somebody's already fallen. Uh, so that's that's kind of the biggest thing, uh, you know. Don't don't be like our doctor who was uh, sued for seven million dollars and then signed up. Um, you know, get signed up before it becomes the big issue. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that is just such great advice. And um, Jerome, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show today. Um, and thank you. And so for our listeners out there to learn more about legally mine you can visit LegallyMindUSA.com. Jerome, thank you so much for being on the show today. It's been a pleasure speaking to you, Angela. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. Bye.